Hey there, Divorce and Beyond listeners. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to give you a quick, exciting update. I am thrilled to share that our top five most downloaded episodes of 2023 are now on the website. These are the episodes that have been a beacon of support and guidance for many of you, and now you can easily access them too. So you can dive into powerful conversations ranging from Dear My Future Self, Why a Focus on the Future is the Secret Sauce of Divorce with Alex Beatty, to the eye-opening How to Do Divorce Right with top attorney Beth McCormick. Each of these five episodes, as all Divorce and Beyond episodes are, are packed with insights and expert advice, making them a must-listen for anyone navigating through divorce. So if you're ready to be inspired by our top five from last year, you can head over to divorceandbeyond.com and just click on top episodes to listen to these transformative episodes. Don't miss out on these empowering discussions. And now let's get started with today's episode. Stay tuned. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm a big proponent to have people take a pause before they contact the attorney and really get started on the divorce process and discernment counseling, even if they choose to get divorced, going through that and getting a little closure on the marriage will likely make the divorce process faster and less costly. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host and listeners. Today we have Heather Locus with us again. You all have enjoyed, and I know you've enjoyed because they have huge download numbers. You have enjoyed uh, three other episodes with Heather. She is one of the leading financial professionals in the country, in the area of divorce. And she has graced us with her insights and her wisdom in the past. And and again, you guys have really uh, resonated with her advice. And I have to say, you know, Heather has a background as a CPA, Certified Professional Accountant, a CFP, which is a Certified Financial Planner, and my ultimate favorite, the CDFA, the Certified Divorce Financial Analyst the triumvirate, I call it, the holy grail of financials when it comes to supporting someone who is going through divorce or any financial issue, really. She has a way of taking that very, you know, complicated at times information. She combines it with her own personal experience. Heather has been very open about having gone through the the process herself and just has a very practical and reasoned approach to sharing that information. And that's what I think you all really appreciate coming, uh, her approach to it and coming from her. So I've asked her to come back on for this divorce month series, because we know right now, if you are in the beginning of the divorce process or thinking about it, 
it's overwhelming, it's confusing, and you're really, you know, one of the big fear factors is finances. So Heather, first, let me just say thank you to you for making the time to do this. I know you're in a really busy time for you as well. So thank you so much for coming back to support my Divorce and Beyond family. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. It's always a pleasure. And I enjoy getting interesting questions always after the podcast. Yeah, well, and, and I appreciate that. That's another way that we know that my listeners um, have really, really connected with you is you do get a lot of outreach from listeners after every time you've been on the podcast. I get a lot of comments um, about how helpful people find your information and your insights. Let's just start with that. If somebody wanted to reach out to you after the podcast episode, after they've listened to any of your episodes, what's the best way for them to get to you? Email me at heather.locus at corient.com. We rebranded since the last time I was on. Um, our firm is Corient, which stands for client oriented. So just my first name dot last name at corient.com, heather.locus at corient.com. And just, you know, put in the um, Ray call or in the Ray line, everybody just say Susan or Divorce and Beyond. She'll know that you heard her on the podcast again. And that's, I wanted to talk about that. You've rebranded, but Corient has offices all around the country, don't they? Yeah, we manage about 147 billion of assets nationwide. We have 30 offices and we have a number of my partners and other offices focus on divorce as well. Um, I have many cases across the country, um, but we are not divorce attorneys. None of us are. We do not give legal advice, but we do love helping people get through the process with a little less conflict cost and collateral damage. And as you said, we focus primarily on the finances. Yeah, well, I love that. I am a divorce attorney and I don't give divorce (laughs) advice on the podcast. So I appreciate that. But my listeners know just how important I think a financial professional is. I talk about the team. It's like I'm for my listeners who know me, I'm a Michigan alumna. And so it's the team, the team, the team is what Bo Schembechler said. I feel I'm the Bo Schembechler of divorce, guys. The team, the team, the team. You have to have your team. And probably divorce attorney is important, but equally important, I think, is your divorce financial professional. Yeah, I agree. I mean, ultimately, it's about the business and about the money. And as we know, you know, people often forget in divorce that it is a lawsuit with your spouse and you want to be thoughtful on the cost and how much uh, legal fees you're incurring. But, you know, no matter what's going on, you want to be smart and strategic and make sure you're um, focused and taking the best steps that you can and have grace with yourself. Oh, God. Yeah. Please have grace with yourself. And we say that both of us having been through the process ourselves. And we just know for those of you who are out there, it's January, we're doing this divorce month series. We know that this is really an emotional and overwhelming time. There's a ton of information coming at you. There is a lot of emotion in your life. Things are changing very rapidly or not rapidly enough or both, which is even more confusing. And so one of the reasons I wanted to do this series is not to give you everything you need to know because it's early days. You don't need to know everything today, but to give you some insights 
to get you started, to help you start getting your feet back under you. Um, I've had a, a parenting professional on. I did an episode a couple of weeks ago talking about some of the legal um, aspects and the emotional aspects. We're also going to have a divorce coach on to help you with the emotional aspects. But Heather's here today to kind of get you into the space of what you, someone who's in those early days of divorce, need to start thinking about because we know that for anyone going through divorce, I don't know, Heather, have you ever met anyone who went through divorce who said, yeah, I'm not really worried about the finances all. There's no concern <laughs> in that area. No, as you know, everyone is. And as you know, I'm so passionate about doing this work because I was literally holding my financial statements, you know, in my purse, clutched to my chest when I was going through it, even though my logical CPA brain knew that I was going to be fine. And I knew the finances, but it was just that scary and exhausting going through the process. So People do want to understand that while if, if they haven't been involved, the finances can feel scary. I found over and over again that people also find it empowering as they start to learn and take steps. They can do it. I promise with the right help over time, they will get a better understanding on their finances. And there's no way to get through the divorce without learning at least some of the basics. And then, as you said, hiring the right team, having the right financial professional, the right attorney, people who can support you, people, your your listeners don't need to be experts in tax or finances or investments. They just need to make sure they have the right team and be willing to be open to learn about it. And that really starts with having clarity on what's most important to them. So as you said, some of, some of the listeners might be just still contemplating and not sure they want to get divorced. And as we've talked about before, discernment counseling can be a really good option at the beginning of the process, either to get clarity if that's what they want and what their spouse wants, or if they should try to work on the marriage, or if they're just going to keep the status quo marriage. But I'm a big proponent to have people take a pause before they contact the attorney and really get started on the divorce process. And discernment counseling, even if they choose to get divorced, going through that and getting a little closure on the marriage will likely make the divorce process faster and less costly. Yeah, I, I'm so happy you you said that about discernment counseling. I have Bill Doherty, the founder of the discernment counseling sort of concept, even coming on the show um, in the next month or so. Bill's going to be coming on to talk about discernment counseling. So stay tuned for that, listeners. But you're a hundred percent right, right? The, that. They just heard me saying in that episode I did two weeks ago about starting out the divorce, I kept talking about the grace of space. And really, everybody acts like this decision to divorce is some sort of a gun that just went off. And now, okay, the decision's been made. I need to immediately, you know, get that attorney, do this, do that, sell the house, not sell the house, get the, you know, whatever we're doing. And really taking that pause, taking the time to make sure that you've made the right decision, that you're building your team correctly, and just to start letting yourself emotionally get you know, your your nervous systems maybe settled down a little bit. And you mentioned an, another aspect is, is that empowerment of the educational component, right? Getting out there and learning. Because what many people do, and I think you've probably seen this, I've seen it around finances, certainly around divorce. When people feel they don't have a good understanding of something, there's not a lot of excitement about learning more, 
and, and finding out they would prefer, I call it ostrich syndrome. <laughs> they would prefer to stick their head in the ground and say, well, my, my lawyer will figure that out or the divorce process is going to take care of all that. I'll just get what I'm entitled to. Doesn't the law set that all out? And I don't need to really know any of this. And, and I know you would say something different, I think. People need to understand they have to make decisions through the process. And again, I've seen time and time again through the process, and then especially post-divorce, when we're working with them to manage their cash flow and taxes and investments to provide the day-to-day living expenses and long-term growth, that the first year is really challenging. But after that, as they start to learn more, how good they feel. And time and time again, they come back and say, oh, this wasn't that hard. I understand it. I feel good. But it, it, it's like anything. It's one step at a time. It's learning a little bit as you go. Learning the terminology, that's a big part of it. And that's part of why it's so often so overwhelming for people, because on the tax side, as well as the investment side, the terms people often are not familiar with. Google is your friend, ChatGPT is your friend in terms of being thoughtful and strategic on what queries you do. When you when somebody uses a word you don't know, just write it down and Google it and look at it. And over time, it will make sense. And, you know, as I mentioned before, for me, I'm so empathetic for people going through the process because the finances were relatively easy for me, given my background when my divorce unexpectedly came up. Um, but the parenting things were not. And I remember you know, remember continuing to have to ask my attorney, what's a JPA for, I couldn't remember the joint parenting agreement. And so over time though, again, people will learn and it is empowering. A couple of other things for them to do before they really get into finances are to set up a brand new email. Divorce is a marathon, as we know. It, you know, if you're lucky, it'll be six months, but most people it'll be a year, potentially two or longer. And you don't want to get emails, you know, at work, you don't want to get emails from your attorney or your spouse when you're looking up things in your regular personal email for kids. So setting up an email that you use anytime you're working with the divorce attorney, divorce professionals, or even communicating with your spouse on divorce issues will try to help keep that in a very contained place. So you're not continually getting triggered unexpectedly when you're going about your other work or parenting or personal financial issues. One thing that's really changed from our past podcasts is how important it is to check into the mortgage if you have one. Historically, at least for the last 15 plus years, people have been able to refinance. Sometimes it was tricky, but at least they could refinance and often get the same rate or a lower rate. And now that is not the case. Rates increased so significantly last year. And so when you have a household that they're taking and splitting now the one family's income, whether there was two working spouses or only one, but taking the whole household income and splitting it into two parts, there's even less money clearly to spend on the house. And if they want to keep the family home, they really want to be thoughtful about how can we try to keep that mortgage at the same rate. And it's very difficult typically to assume an existing mortgage and it takes a lot of time. And I know you've had podcasts, you have experts like Tammy Willensack that are the people to contact about this. I am not the person, but I know the importance of really starting very early in the process of finding out your options with that mortgage. And if you can't refinance, if there happens to be any way the couple can work together to try to keep, if one spouse is going to stay in the family home, to keep that mortgage. We have a situation right now with a couple, a couple of their long-term clients. The 
husband they worked out in the settlement, the husband works, the wife has not worked for many years, and the husband's going to actually continue to pay the mortgage. That's unique that that works, but in their situation, it does. And it's a very good solution because they have a 2.75% interest rate. And, you know, if they tried to refinance now, it'd probably be about 7%. So the, the payment would probably more than double. At least, right? Yeah, it would be crazy. So, and I, that is really important because you're not talking about foregone conclusions about what's going to happen with the house or the mortgage, but you are pointing out that in order to have as many options on the table throughout the divorce process about what might happen with the house, the sooner you start working with someone like Tammy Wallensack, our, our mutual friend. Tammy was on. I'll link in the show notes to the episode. Um, she's got two very popular episodes. One was just about what you need to know if you want to keep the house, but the second one was specifically on this topic of assumable mortgages, whether you might be able to assume that a mortgage and what needs to be done. And her number one tip was exactly what Heather's was. Get in touch with someone who can help you with that as soon as possible. Again, not a foregone conclusion, but the more options you have financially, the the better and the easier it is to work out a solution like the one you just mentioned. Now, that's not going to work for every family, but that worked for that family. And it's an option that was on the table that they were able to come up with an entire, I'm sure the entire puzzle of their settlement had pieces that made that work for them. And that's one of the things is to, to realize there are very few foregone conclusions at the early days of your divorce. So many people think it kind of just, you know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. The best divorces are the ones where the most options are on the table. Hello, amazing listeners. As we're navigating the complexities of divorce and beyond together, I've noticed how many of you are not just seeking personal growth, but are also passionate entrepreneurs and business-minded individuals. And that's why I want to introduce you to my other podcast, the Make Money Mediating Podcast. On Make Money Mediating, I dive into the world of business and entrepreneurship. It's a space where I share insights and strategies on how you can thrive in your professional life, especially if you're interested in the field of mediation or law, but really if you are a business person seeking success in any field. Each episode is packed with tips, stories, and bits of wisdom to help you grow your business and make an impact. So if you're someone who loves divorce and beyond, and you're looking to expand your business acumen or explore the world of mediation, the Make Money Mediating Podcast is your next must-listen. Join me there after this episode, and let's continue our journey of growth and success together. Stay tuned for more from Heather Locust, the trifecta of divorce financial professionals, as she shares her top insights to keep in mind to protect your money and start your divorce off on the right financial footing. I highly encourage people to get as much financial information as they have access to organized before they interview a divorce attorney because the more information they have when they go to interview the attorneys, the better the attorneys are gonna be able to advise them and assess what are the key issues in the case. If you are finding this episode helpful, be sure to check out last week's episode with divorce coach Kelly Myers of First Steps Divorce, sharing what to expect on day one with a divorce coach and the immediate benefits a coach can bring to your divorce experience.
When I got my divorce, I felt like I was walking down this really dark hall. And I, and I was scared to put one foot in front of another because I didn't know what was in front of me. And so I think a divorce coach helps to shed light on the process and fill in a lot of those unknowns. And now we return to today's show. If you and your spouse agree, you can agree to almost anything in divorce and the judge will sign off. I mean, the, the, the judges in the court system don't want people in their courtrooms. People, the judges in the court system want spouses to figure it out on their own. And so that's why it's critical to take time to reflect on what do you really, really want? Nobody gets everything in, they want in divorce. Most people are fortunate to get the top one or two things. So giving yourself time and space, working with a therapist, with a divorce coach, with your friends, family, whoever, to gain clarity on what's most important to you is going to guide the whole divorce process. And you want to stay laser focused on that. And so coming up with solutions that can work for your family are really smart, especially now because we don't have as many tax options as we had before 2019. As you well know, you can no longer deduct new, in new, in new divorces, you can no longer deduct payments from the payer and the recipient no longer has to pay tax on alimony or spousal support slash maintenance. Those words all mean the same thing, alimony, spousal support, maintenance. But while that is not a tax option or a tax benefit you can take advantage of anymore, there are other ways that smart couples can take advantage of different tax rates post-divorce when they're looking at their planning and looking at settling. So, you know, at the beginning of the process, people don't need to be experts on this. All they need to know is to think about when they get further along in the negotiations to make sure they're talking to their accountant, to their attorney, and to a financial professional saying, are we thinking of how we're structuring this and which spouse gets which assets in the most tax efficient way? So right now, again, at the beginning, people don't need to get into the nuances. They need to just make sure that's kind of on their long-term to-do list. What they do want to do, though, if they have access, is to start getting their financial statements. And one of the things that's really nice in January is December 31st statements on everything, whether it's assets, liabilities, et cetera, are you know, the, the gold standard, really, in the financial world. It's also really nice when people don't have access to financial statements because people are starting to prepare for taxes for the upcoming year. If your spouse knows that you're getting divorced, if you guys have already communicated that with each other, it's very appropriate to say you you want to know more about the taxes this year. You want to get involved in the forms. You want to do the collection. You want access to the statements. If you, you know, if you're still contemplating, that would be potentially a red flag if you haven't been involved in the past. But if you are in the process or have already actively communicated with your spouse, you want to get divorced. This is a key time to get organized on your taxes as well as learn about the financials. I would suggest for people shortly after they set up that new email for divorce that they check their credit report. So they want to understand all the outstanding debt that shows under their name and social security number. And I have time and time again, people tell me, you know, oh, we don't have any debt or we close this, but it's people often have open credit cards or lines of credit that maybe they're not accessing that they're not aware of. And unfortunately, sometimes when they access their credit, they're surprised that their spouse has opened a joint account in their name that they're not aware of. So it's really important to do that upfront. I highly encourage people to get as much 
financial information as they have access to organized before they interview a divorce attorney, because the more information they have when they go to interview the attorneys, the better the attorneys are going to be able to advise them and assess what are the key issues in the case. Getting information on any bank statements, any investment statements, pensions, you know, mortgage that they have, credit cards. And often people don't have access either because sometimes their spouse is controlling and won't let them. Often it's more just the spouse took care of it and it hasn't been natural for them to, you know, access it. But if they can access it, it's going to be helpful to take the time to organize it. You know, they could do it. They could ask their CPA or a financial advisor to help them. They could hire a divorce coach or they, if they have a trusted friend or a family member who might be better at those types of tasks that they're willing to share some of the confidential information with, you know, make it easy, open some wine or have coffee or tea, you know, make it, try to make it as fun or at least as least painful as you can. But getting the documents is going to start to make you feel better. Action brings clarity, even a small step will help build your confidence. Um, and for those people who have access to everything, I know it's tedious and time consuming to get it all organized. It frankly sucks to, to get all this information, to send professionals, to pay them to look at it when you're taking care of the finances on your own, but it is a necessary step. So again, figure out the least painful way to do it, set aside time and get organized and just download all your statements, get it, you know, get electronic files. And if you want, if you want to keep a hard copy, you know, print it out, but get organized and then reach out to the professionals. But people often, I think, reach out to the professionals and talk about all the issues they have with their spouse and don't think about how much that costs them for the billable hours. And that if the, if the professionals don't have much information on the financials, they're just little they can advise them on. A tax return is a very helpful document if you can get it because it should list all of your investment accounts, all of your bank accounts. It will show transactions if there's retirement plan contributions, IRA contributions, different financial things like that that the, then the attorney knows to look for. And if you can't get access to the financials, please know your attorney will be able to. Don't worry about it. Don't feel stressed about it. Then, you know, then go to an attorney and the attorney will be able to access the information for you. There's a lot of different tools that an attorney has to compel that type of information being shared if it can't be done cooperatively. When we would hope it would be done cooperatively, that is the, the point. But we do find that not everyone does what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it during divorce. Those are all such great tips. And I'm thinking about them. And I know there are people out there who are saying, well, you were just talking about retirement plan contributions and this and that and all that talking about that language that not everybody understands what everything means. But I know there are also people out there saying, well, our finances just aren't that complicated, right? We don't have that much. I work, he works or she works. We have our kids. Yes, we have a home, but it's not like there's so much stuff out there. Do we really, do I really need a financial advisor or planner, somebody to help me a CDFA as I go through this process? Why, why can't I just figure it out myself or let my attorney do it? So when you're putting together the team, it's more important to find people who have the expertise overall, rather than feeling like you have to hire a person in each one of the roles. And as we've talked about, I did a book with the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers. You can get a copy of the book at AML.org. Um, and in there, it shows that you're the CEO of your divorce. 
and you are hiring, you know, your team to take care of you. But there will be oftentimes team members that can play multiple roles. So there are some law firms that have CDFAs on staff. There are people like me who are CPAs and certified divorce financial analysts where you don't necessarily have to have a separate tax person from your financial person. To your point, it depends on the complexity of your assets in your estate, but you need someone with a strong financial acumen to review what you have, to think through, are there strategic ways you guys can negotiate what you're selling in the divorce to take advantage of any tax opportunities? Also, it's really important in divorce to make sure you each have liquidity to pay the bills. Sometimes you'll see there may be a split, but if somebody takes the house and or somebody takes a business, they may end up with very, very little cash to pay the bills. And attorneys who are not focused on that aspect of the finances might not notice that, but a financial professional would notice that right away. You know, so there's no right answer here. It's just when you're interviewing the professionals, asking what areas they're experts in and making sure you're having someone with each area of expertise you know, particularly legal, financial tax on your team and giving you insights. You know, I hear this from people all the time. Just uh, I'm speaking to people who are at the beginning of their divorce or in the middle of their divorce. And I will say most of the time people are like, well, you know, we're already spending so much money for divorce attorneys. We really don't want to spend any more money on other professionals. And I just want to caution everyone to, you know, sort of backtrack that thinking a little bit and realize, and Heather, I bet you could tell some horror stories because when you make decisions, you make decisions in your divorce. You you said this earlier, Heather. People make decisions in divorce based upon the knowledge they have about the options that they have, right? And so when you haven't had or gotten advice and and full understanding and accounting of what those options are, sometimes people make choices or decisions in their divorce that they come to regret because they did not have the full picture or they did not explore all the potential options that they might have had because the professionals they're working with didn't know everything that was available. And so we can see very often not having the right team members can cost you more money, either in the mistakes you might make or just not knowing what you could have done. Exactly. And the other thing is, it's like you do not want to use the finances as the battlefield for your emotional wars. No matter what happened in your divorce, no matter what your spouse did, your smartest strategy is to be organized, to be respectful in your negotiations and get through it as fast as you can while making good long-term decisions. So you don't want to be a doormat. You don't want to race through it, being rude, disrespectful, fighting over things and not acknowledging the emotions are some of the biggest mistakes you can make. You want to acknowledge the emotions, but you don't want to make emotional decisions. We want to make smart financial decisions. And, you know, especially if you're the non-breadwinner, the breadwinner is never going to agree to give you more money if you're rude, disrespectful, causing chaos in your kid's life, in their life, at work, etc. I'm not saying that what they did is right. Again, you don't want to be a doormat, but you want to play the smart game of cards. You know, whatever cards you have, you want to play the best hand that you can. And you, we always want both spouses, if they're working, to continue to make as much as they can. It's so 
intriguing to me when we see attorneys file documents at a CEO's office or any, you know, any regardless of what level they're at, because everyone keeping their job and making more money is going to what's going to be is what is what is going to be to get everyone the best settlement. If somebody gets fired, which happens a lot in divorce, it's not going to help people get more money. And your goal is to be laser focused to get the best settlement you can. And you do that by the family, both of you making the most money you can, being smart on your taxes, minimizing your legal costs. And of course, you want to try to minimize the conflict to your kids, your community, so you can each move on and have a great next chapter. Yeah, I love that laser focused on getting the best settlement that you can. And that's and don't use the finances as your battleground. There's two like major golden nuggets that I want everyone to take away from that because trust me, listen to me. I'm I'm the voice you can trust. That's what I say about this podcast. That is there's nothing more true about divorce than that. And you will know that on the other side in your beyond. If you have spent untold dollars fighting for some sort of emotional reparation through the finances, through the divorce, that you were going to be, you know, made whole again emotionally through some other means. It's it's not going to happen for you. It's not the forum. And you will find on the other side that ultimately what seems so important and so hurtful or so whatever it is to, to you today emotionally, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, won't won't mean a hill of beans to you, so, so to speak, right? We just, we know this, we see this with people. It, it It's so emotional in this moment. It seems so important. And in the end, a laser focus on getting the best settlement that you can so you can move forward is honestly what's going to serve you best. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I don't think, I don't think we could end on a better note than that. I mean, honestly, the laser focus on getting the best settlement that you can get and understanding. I mean, honestly, I'll, I'm going to link to Heather's other two episodes because we go deeper into, you know, what, you know, you really need to be aware of in order to protect your finances and divorce. She's going deeper in, in some of those episodes. Um, I'll also put a link to the AAML.org bookstore so that you can get her book if you're interested in getting her book. It's really one of the best compilations of not only financial advice. Again, she pulls from her advice and her depth of knowledge and relationships with divorce professionals in a myriad of fields. She, Heather really knows everyone out there who knows anything about divorce. And so the book is a, is a wonderful resource for you all. But again, I want to remind people, what is the best way to get in touch with you um, if they wanted to reach out just to, to you know, talk about their own personal situation or to ask you something going forward as they as they find themselves in these early days? Yeah, they could email me at heather.locus at corient.com. And as you said, just put in the subject line, Divorce and Beyond or Susan Guthrie. Um, and it's really helpful when people, if you do want to email and ask a question to make it very short and succinct of what you're looking for. And hopefully I can answer it or if not, I can forward it to a resource, the, to the right resource to help you. And I think it's really good practice. You know, another good pro tip is to be very limited on what you send your attorney and other professionals. Remember that when they're billing by the hour, 
that you know you pay for them to read every email and the more you can organize your thinking and be succinct succinct it will help you save money and just help them get the attorneys be able to answer your questions faster so it's normal in the process to have a lot of thoughts and be very scattered in your thinking but when you're emailing or communicate, make sure you, you know, draft an email, send it to yourself, edit it down. That'll help you continue to refine what's really, really important to you and to continue to be laser focused in your communications in the divorce process. That's, I was just going to say, it takes you right back to the laser focus and you're hundred percent correct. It's very hard. Sometimes you, your thoughts are all jumbled. It can be very hard to be laser focused or to be succinct, but it's, um, it's one of the things that will help you the most. One of the things I'll last pro tip guys, cause Heather had one. So I'm going to give you one is if you have a jumbled email, take that with no personal information, but take that, put it into ChatGPT and ask ChatGPT to make it a succinct email for your divorce attorney or your financial planner or, or et cetera. Just never share any personal identifying information or confidential information in there. But you can ask those questions in a general way and ask ChatGPT to help you break it down. It's very, very helpful, folks. So Heather, I knew you'd be the best person to go to, as always, to help people in this particular phase of their divorce these early days. You and I have gone deeper. I, as I said, we're going to link to those episodes. But we know, everyone, that the this is a very scary, confusing, overwhelming time. But if you can, you know, start getting your feet back under you, take some of Heather's insights, starting with that new email all the way down to the succinct emails to your professionals and every other little tip that she just gave you here. Um, it's going to be a better process for you. So Heather, thank you so much for joining us again. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.